0: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, I am Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, and this is episode 26 of Making a Marketer. And our guest today is San Diego rock star entrepreneur, boss babe, Kendra Losey. welcome, Kendra.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Me too. This is a topic that's super interesting to me, and I, I've been making the joke like, "Hey, what better to talk about right before Thanksgiving than cannabis?"
1: <laughs> You're hanging I, out with your family. It means so- <laughs>
0: I lived my whole life without knowing that that my brothers got high before Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> throughout my childhood. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But it totally <laughs> makes sense, right? Oh, there's Stephanie. Are you using Ecamm yet? No, shamefully, Steph, I have not. I need to learn how to. I am a uh, next one. That's my pledge. My pledge to you and to Stephanie. Ecamm.
1: We're gonna switch. I'm gonna try be live next, and she's gonna try Ecamm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for watching, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Okay, so we got introduced through mutual women entrepreneurs here in San Diego, and you have a couple different marketing businesses that you have going. So, once you tell us what you're up to and what you're all about.
1: Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me, Megan. It's exciting to be able to be here. I actually have two sides of my business. They both do the same thing. So it's marketing agency, social media, and content marketing to help small businesses grow. One is more traditional businesses, so higher education, which is my background, financial services. And the other is Canvas marketing and I keep them separate for many different reasons, among them banking and compliance and risk factors and everything else. So what the canvas in my business is called Moda Marketing. Moda is Spanish for marijuana. Little oh, fun fact. That is a
0: fun fact. <laughs>
1: So yeah, it's really exciting. I do a Facebook live show as well, talking about cannabis marketing live, talking about cannabis marketing and what's going on with it.
0: And And it's got the best name ever. All puff, no fluff, right?
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just like that. I didn't we need to get that in there.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. Thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. So you're teaching too, right?
1: Yeah, so I actually also I created a course for social media for cannabis entrepreneurs and then I also teach social media management and marketing at a university, a national university.
0: Okay, awesome. Fabulous. Okay, so how did you get into working in the cannabis marketing space? Let's start there.
1: I started my own agency. And I basically, you know, the equivalent of the digital shingle, right, put out the notice saying I'm starting my own agency and the very first client I got was a cannabis client. And so I started doing all the research and figuring out what they needed and figuring out what how to help them. And in doing so, I started meeting people in the industry and really falling in love with the people and everything that was happening in it, as well as I figured since I'm doing all this research and information for one client, why not apply that to this whole transformative industry? Right. Yeah. It's
0: just at the precipice. Like It's just at the very beginning. And I had an eight-hour drive today. And so I decided to listen to podcasts the whole way. And so I thought I'll do a search on some cannabis marketing podcast. And okay, I was driving, so I had to be safe. And I just saw a couple. So the first one I listened to, the first one that popped up was kind of funny, because it was a live show like this, but they you know, just put it on the podcast, but they didn't edit it or anything. So it's kind of like I was just like listening to these friends having a conversation. (laughs) But, But the title of it was Compliance. And then all they talked about is that you need to be compliant. They didn't actually talk about any of the things that make you compliant or <laughs> like what's involved, which is like the whole thing, right? Like I wanted to know, oh, because okay. I wanted to ask you about that. Like, what are they going to say? Kind of a thing. And I don't expect you to be all up on like state laws and any of any of the intricacies. But let's talk a little bit about, and like Kylie also had asked a question about Facebook and Instagram and not being able to advertise. So it all has to be. Organic, yeah.
1: There's a couple things to know, and one is that Google, Facebook, the larger digital companies focus on the federal laws, not the not the state laws. So they don't actually care if it's legal in your state; they care if it's legal federally. Oh, okay. Um, and part of that is the business banking, and there's a bunch of things that go into that. But that's the first thing to know. So you can't when it comes to digital you can't do paid ads on google you can't do for the most part and i'll talk about that there's some exceptions you can't do paid ads on facebook instagram the only places you can do paid ads are basically network you know there's there's specific cannabis networks that either work that work with cannabis friendly sites so they can be cannabis focused or mainstream sites but it's all becomes like a banner ad sponsorship type play versus paid, paid, the normal paid ads that we're used to having relying on.
0: Okay, but they can have big old billboards.
1: So the billboards, and this varies by state. Like I was talking to my friend about the state of Michigan and she was laughing that there's very little regulations around the marketing. But when you look at the state of California, they used basically traditional demographics and traditional information in terms of looking at that. So any advertisement that you put that's a cannabis advertisement has to be, the demographics have to be 76.1, 71.6% of that population that would see that ad have to be over the age of 21.
0: Okay, which is impossible so, to control on the internet.
1: Right yeah. on, and digi- You know, when you look at billboards, they have to, you know, they're using demographic information and the same kind of information that you get from a traditional media company. Online, it becomes totally different because someone can use your password. You know, someone, people, multiple people could be using the same IP address. It it varies. Right. Golly! So,
0: so what's your, <laughs> so your work around? What are you been doing?
1: So, there's a lot of reliance on events and really using events marketing, and then there's a lot of reliance on public relations, on search engine optimization, content marketing. There are ways to get creative to do ads on Facebook and Instagram, but it has to be you have to be really careful. Okay.
0: Yeah, the kind of what I picked up from something I heard was needs to be somebody can't be smoking, and you can't have like a ton of product in the picture, it needs to be more like lifestyle. Is that kind of the? A-
1: no. So for Facebook, and those are on the accounts. So just oh, okay. just focusing on the paid side first. So on the paid side, Facebook allows two types of ads, education and advocacy. So if you are educating somebody about a product or if you are trying to add efficacy type posts or ads, you can be allowed. Now I'm saying can be because Facebook does not apply their regulations across the board. So I was doing, I was helping a client with a campaign to educate on, they had a DNA test and it was educating people on whether or not even cannabis would work for them. So it's not even like you are going to take this, it's, is it an option? And I ran the same ad. And all I did was change the photo from one lifestyle picture to another lifestyle picture because one ad was running in LA and the other was running in Seattle and Portland. So there was three locations. One got rejected completely. One, I got to appeal and it passed and one passed perfectly fine. It 100% depends on who the reviewer is. Ah, And you don't want to say cannabis if you can avoid it, you know. Right. There's, uh, there's other ways. And there's some other ways people are finding to work around it too. Like dispensaries that have branded merchandise are now running ads for their merchandise, like buy our hats with the logo on them and then sending them to a page to buy the hat, which happens to be, oh yeah, part of a dispensary.
0: Ah, sneaky. That's good to know though. So Stephanie Lou asks, are there restrictions on YouTube?
1: That's actually a great question because YouTube, as far as paid ads, I haven't seen anything. But I'm sure there are because YouTube's community guidelines actually says that it's okay. Basically, it's like, don't create weapons, don't create things that can kill people. You know, it's very, very, and don't show people, you know, shooting up, right? Like, they're very, very vague. However, however, the thing to know about YouTube is they were randomly shutting down cannabis accounts this summer with no rhyme or reason and no explanation. So it was nothing to do with their community guidelines that they offer. It was just completely random in terms of what they were shutting down. Well,
0: it's like <laughs> the wild, wild west. It sounds like that's...
1: It definitely is for sure.
0: So there's that poses challenges. I mean, for, it makes you even more valuable to your clients, right? Because <laughs> they need someone who's going to keep up on all of it and see when things get taken down. And they're, I think for the most part, right? They're too busy doing the work and um, Absolutely. So that they, need, they need someone. Absolutely. So would you agree that cannabis entrepreneurs are focusing more on like short-term gains and really are because I was listening to a show that um, Gary Vee was the guest on the dope Mm -hmm. magazine or something. And he's not a into the industry, but you know, he's always into what's up and coming and all of that kind of stuff. And so his perspective sort of was that like a lot of the, a lot of the cannabis entrepreneurs need to kind of like just chill out and know that like, it's going to be a longer. There's a longer play to it that they don't have to worry about immediate, you know, windfall. Yeah.
1: So it's actually, it's interesting talking to people because there is a big like green rush, right? Everyone's trying to get into the industry and wanting to know because that's where the money is. But honestly, when you, when I talk to people, the main people who are making money right now are people who are getting investors, right? And they actually have to prove their investment. So they're not just making a ton of money, right? But lawyers are doing fine because of all the regulations and the licensing, at least here in California. And then lawyers, dispensaries, and people who are already set up. You know, it can cost at least a million dollars at this point in time in certain counties to get the licensing for your dispensary. So that's even before you get set up. Right. I was talking to somebody and the lab tests because all of the product in California is required to be lab tested, and California that's created a bottleneck for products here. And so I was talking to somebody who owns two labs in California. One, well, anyway, one's in California and they're looking to open another one. But she was saying that it's even two, it's two million dollars to own all the equipment and everything before you even open up. Wow. So yeah, it's really interesting.
0: So Stephanie asked, i really interested to see how involved they are with local SEO.
1: You know, that's really interesting because I think it's a great question. I think it's a great opportunity that a lot of businesses are overlooking. Honestly, there are SEO companies that are focused specifically on the cannabis industry. When you start to look at it, it really depends on the business. So dispensaries are going to want to be, uh, have a very strong local presence but also some of the edible products and some of those companies are can sell across the state, so they're not as worried about their local SEO per se. I mean, the local is bigger, right? It's statewide versus city or county wide. But I think it's an underutilized thing that a lot of people could be using more of that they're not okay. they're relying on weed maps or different companies like that to create their websites and get people to their door.
0: Oh, wow. interesting. So you're not dealing in that. And not at all specifically
1: with your clients? A, a little bit. I'm trying to get them to understand the value of it more. But right. once again, it depends on the client. So I have a client right now that it's they're called strainconnect.com. And they're an online app, basically. And they help connect people with the rights. They make recommendations for the right CBD for you based on their profile and based on the product. So they'll make personalized recommendations for you. But they don't... And that, they can do that nationwide so they're not worried about the fact that they're in the bay area right so it just really depends on the client and and what they're targeting and how they're going about it but i do think that there's a lot of power in local seo that's not that's being wasted right now that people aren't taking advantage of in ways they could well for retail for sure oh yeah retail yeah and retail yeah and retail dispensaries once again it's like local seo plus you know, mobile search plus the apps of uh, like Ease or Web Maps or whatever you know, whatever people are using. It's all of those things, not just picking one or two. So, Steph asked about Yelp. Is that yes. considered a social? Media? <laughs> platform You know, Yelp's a really good question. I haven't Step in really all the solid questions. <laughs> I know that one. I don't necessarily. I'm like I haven't seen much talk about Yelp lately, and mostly because honestly, the clients I've been working with are B2B for the most part, less B2C. Oh. Um, but I also think that some of just locally, honestly, in most counties right now in California, there's only there's very few dispensaries, and so. It's mostly based on location, gotcha. and then it's followed by a couple other things. There are counties throughout California where they've like lumped all the dispensaries together. Like, okay, where my sister lives, there's like five within a two mile radius. Then it's not location. Then you actually have to work on your differentiation and the products and the service and all those things that make you unique. And that's where I think some places are falling down a little bit as well. Okay, and some are doing it really well, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Well, and I see there being like a lot of opportunity for referral for you as well within the industry. Well, and, and just for it being a huge niche. But like, I mean, I remember you and, um, and Elo talking about there's a lot of risk involved, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Like I, even just for me to get a bank for my clients that come in through cannabis, no, I'm not touching the plant. In a lot of cases, like I said, I work with an app builder, right? Like they're not touching the plant. My DNA client wasn't touching the plant. You know, I, for the most part, I have a dispensary I work with, but for the most part, I'm a couple away. And even that I had to like call a couple banks. I heard one that was allowing it. I called and they were like, we can't technically approve that, but go in and see what they say. And it wasn't until I actually went in and they were like, Oh yeah, we'll help you. Okay.
0: Well, and I was just thinking, maybe a credit union versus a versus an FDIC,
1: right? My That's what it was. It was a okay. it was a local credit union, but only one of them,
0: oh, okay. not any of the others. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. So I see there being then all of these things being known and um, opportunities for influencer marketing in this space. Are you doing any of that? Um, or, you know, obviously organic, creative, creative organic, but like influencer marketing. Are you what's what's happening there? Anything?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So there are people who are starting to do more influence marketing. Absolutely, I actually was just at MJ BizCon last week. So it's the largest marijuana business conference in the country, world. There was last year. There was eighteen thousand people there. This year there was twenty five. Wow. So once again, when Gary V says stick it out, people are rushing in to do something, but most of them you know, aren't going to last because they're expecting huge rewards right away and it doesn't work that way. Right now a lot of companies are working on the regulations and trying to figure out their packaging, trying to figure out the various regulations that California keeps pushing through as things change and they're not necessarily thinking about building their brand stories and doing those things that they need to be doing.
0: Right. Well, and now it's it's legal all throughout Canada. So I know I saw Amanda Armstrong or Amanda Robinson was interested but she's it looks like she is not she's not on just yet but that I mean, what a huge opportunity there, right? Like for all the barriers down, if the country if the whole country is like, yeah, go for it. I mean, I could see them still putting some restrictions on how you can advertise based on the kid, the under age thing and stuff, but.
1: So Canada's restrictions are a lot more strict. I'm not as oh, familiar with them as I should, but okay. Cal- there's a couple benefits to Canada, right? It's one big country. They didn't break it out state by state and worrying about all these things that we're worrying about. A lot of companies are moving to Canada because it actually is a springboard into Europe. So they could go through Canada to get to the EU and not have to worry about all the different states in the US, ah, right? So. Yeah. But on the other hand, Canada's rules, like I said, I'm not going to get this hundred percent right, but I know it's a lot more strict and there's actually problems with that because they're not allowed, there was something around, they're not allowed to create actual brands that you can like logos or some of those things. So they're really limited in a lot of ways in terms of the lack of ability to advertise or even really create those, those things that we take for granted. Oh, interesting. So That's... good and bad, good and bad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I know, and then I I was, one of the things I heard was that the medical marijuana there has been, I mean, that's, they've been ahead of us on that, but that's all online. And you just, you don't go, there's no dispensaries, you don't go anywhere, like you order online, it gets delivered through the postal service, and that's it.
1: Whole different world. I tried to get something delivered through the postal service, not the postal service, but a delivery service, and they told me that if I didn't pick it up right away, they were going to give it to the police, turn it over to the feds. Like it was to help me sleep at night. It was literally drops to help me sleep at night. Wow. You're going to give that to the police because I'm not there to pick it up because you can't deliver. (laughs)
0: That's crazy. That is crazy. Wowzer. Okay. So the influencer marketing thing.
1: So a lot of people are actually using influencers. I think once you get to that point and people are trying to figure out how to, who to, and really reach those people. I think, you know, you see a lot of it and there it's growing as well. There's a lot of people who are quite happy to hang out, smoke a joint and take pictures of themselves <laughs> doing it. Right. But, <laughs> but it's um, more than that. It's more than that as well. No, me. of course. Of
0: course. But yeah, I wonder how much of the of that you could use though. I mean, in terms of like pictures and postings, you can't really that like you can use it to get people to things, right? Like so-and-so Jack Black or whoever, <laughs> like <laughs> Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith's going to be at this, right? I mean, that's not a stretch, is it? Yeah,
1: well, know. Snoop Dogg has his own company. Okay. Cheech has his own company. You know, there's a lot of people who've gotten into it in terms of the Marley family. They've got their own company. Like there's a lot of people who've gotten into it because they have the name brand already there. Right, And that's not even looking at the influencers. You know, the thing with the influencers is you really need to try and get that target market, right? Because there's a lot of... Like I said, I was joking around and I actually just saw an ad for a company that was literally looking to hire people to test their new products and take pictures of them doing it, right? Like they were trying to get a bunch of smaller influencers uh, or micro-influencers to post about their products and stuff. But, you know, you've got everyone from the giant celebrity brand names to the micro influencers, but it's trying to tap the markets that you don't normally see, right? The traditional stoner, like stoner stereotype is only 13% of the market.
0: No, for sure. Like I went to a dispensary in Colorado before it was legal here. I took my nephew and it was like soccer moms in line yeah, and and definitely, yeah there's obviously because there's so many uses for it like cbd oil and there's so many people that it, it's such a benefit for anxiety and there's so many things that it can help you with sleeping you know obviously and there's a number of things other than just like partying
1: right um, and that's is, where sorry
0: no no I as i say which is why this is important it's legal so it should be you should be able to market it um so i guess it's just <laughs> figuring out those uh the ins and outs
1: Right. And some people, it was actually Seth Godin wrote a really interesting article or blog post not that long ago about how everyone was talking about cannabis following alcohol. And his point was it can follow alcohol in some ways, but when it comes to the marketing, not necessarily because alcohol, the, the end of the prohibition lined up with when right around the time people were starting to get TV sets and, um, at an entirely different there's so much has changed since everyone gathering around the TV and alcohol suddenly being legal, you know, and then all the regulations coming into place. There's so many things that have changed that when you start to look now, it it's not going to mirror that same model in a lot of ways.
0: Right. Well, and look how many years they let cigarettes be advertised on TV. And, you know, so it's exactly. interesting because I never really thought about it. That because cannabis used to be legal, so basically we've just reached that prohibition being right. re- released in California of of cannabis because yeah. obviously it was used for medicinal reasons and for all kinds of stuff. but anyway, so yeah, we've got a long where we're at the very beginning clearly. So what what's like a number one tip if if there's a marketer out there who's watching us, what's the the top thing that you would tell them to do before they get started? Like what what what's a good resource or or a tip for them?
1: That's a great question because I get asked all the time for to go to coffee. And I feel like a lot of us that have been in the industry for more than a year or two so are like, let me pick your brain, which is awesome. That's great. But I got last time I did a panel, I got five requests to pick my brain. It's like I, I can't. So number one resources, I would say get out and connect with people. First of all, like the community is very tight knit. And there's people that I've been networking with that I keep running into, especially, you know, in San Diego and Southern California. Like get out and talk to people who are already doing it. And then two, make sure that you understand the rules and limitations. And then, you know, once you know your structure and your framework, like you can get creative as you want within that. But or find ways around it. Like I said, people marketing their branded merchandise. There's a lot of information online about it, but I have seen a lot of people just like, oh, I'm in cannabis now and throw up a website and I can read it and tell you whether or not they actually know what they're doing. So right. I think that doing your due diligence first is really, really important before you start saying, hey, I'm doing this.
0: Is there like a Facebook group or where's, where's the community hang out online?
1: So Facebook actually removed searches on Facebook groups that are cannabis related. So <laughs> that's just okay. like Google removed the keyword search terms. If you use the keyword tool, you can't find cannabis related search terms on Google. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. So there's actually a lot of Facebook groups. I think that once again, as you start networking with people, they'll tell you where they are. I'm in several that are women entrepreneurs in cannabis. We just had a great event in Las Vegas that my friend put on. And that group grew organically from a networking event that happened a year and a half ago. And now there's over 4,000 women in this group that are all across the supply chain in cannabis. And it grew because of, you know, my friend Kira runs it and she keeps a very tight one. She has a social media background, so that helps, but she keeps a tight rein on it. The people are really just excited to engage with each other and women in the industry because it's, you know, every new startup is a, so many industries are so male dominated. About 27% of the, and I've seen this number dropping, so it might be lower, but 27% was the last number of businesses in cannabis are owned by women or have women CEOs. So we're trying to keep it that way and keep yeah. the representation. So there's a lot of camaraderie and community around that. So Steph said,
0: Steph said, wow, why? And I think that was in reference to the to the Facebook removing the cannabis groups. I mean, is it because it's only legal in certain states?
1: i think that goes back to federal and they're just reinforcing the federal laws same with google there must have been something that made them both do it because they both did it around the same time i see um so i think there must have been something that came down that scared them a little bit which whether it was jeff sessions or not i don't know but it's been really frustrating and then Show <laughs> steph's let her out is a community app
0: that someone has created
1: So there's actually quite a few. There's quite a few community apps that people have created. A friend of mine has one called Calogia that's like a LinkedIn for cannabis. And she also has the business of cannabis, business minds of cannabis, or sorry, someone, whatever it's called, is her podcast. So she created one that's like LinkedIn. There's a couple others that are out there, but I haven't found any with great technology. And It doesn't help you if you're trying to reach people outside of the cannabis community. So if you're going B to C, you're not going to reach the people you want through there. But it's strictly for like networking with other people. But honestly, I don't love their interfaces. It's kind of bad.
0: (laughs) Well, that's not good. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about the, the industry or or anything?
1: You know, it's actually been an amazing industry to be involved in. There's so much changing and I, there's, there's just so much changing and there's so much opportunity there, for, especially if people already are strong marketers. There's always room, right? And there's... And people are still trying to figure it out. And so getting talented people in the industry who know what they're doing is actually really, really key. But like I said, if you're looking to go join, do your due diligence because you can't just like drop a sign and get started.
0: (laughs) Right, right. No, I see that. I don't see you as having competition. I see there as being like, there's all this room. And then, and yeah, I mean, I feel like the more people that are doing anything, right, even in like brick and mortar, like if something is just starting to grow, I feel like the more there is, the more the opportunity there is to talk about it. So, Absolutely. Steph wanted to know if you're going to offer a mastermind to help small business owners figure it out.
1: It's so funny you asked that because I might have just been talking to a couple friends about that who have, who specialize in different parts of the business. Okay. Last week in at MJ BizCon in Vegas.
0: Fabulous. <laughs> so
1: the answer to that is not yet.
0: Okay, but probably coming. All right, so tell our listeners on the replay and our viewers how to how they can find you.
1: Absolutely. My website is motomarketing, M-O-T-A, marketing.com. I'm the same at Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, slash, at motomarketing. I also have my live shows first and third Thursday of every month, which is Campus Marketing Live, all puff, no fluff. And that's also out of the Moda Marketing. Facebook page. Awesome. And then are
0: you also, are you putting those on YouTube as well?
1: Yeah. So I don't have a personalized YouTube channel. Yet. <laughs> okay.
0: That's okay. But yeah, but obviously, you know, we know as marketers that reusing content is brilliant. And especially given that YouTube, of course you have to be careful probably about, about keywords and that kind of thing on there, which makes it a little tricky since it's the number two search engine out there. <laughs> um, I
1: know, I know.
0: I see there being so much value in the um, information that you're sharing on your show. So I'm glad that we got a little nugget of it here. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for, Thank you. Thanks for being a part of us. Oh, Steph wants to know what your tagline is.
1: All puff, no fluff. See, I love it. She's, uh, yeah, she also helped me get there.
0: No, this is great. Thanks, Steph. Really appreciate it. I know it's a holiday week and stuff. And this live show has been a little, uh, she was my last guest, actually. It's been a little erratic in terms of timing. So I'll get a cadence down here before too long. (laughs) But it's definitely, I'm settling on Tuesdays because Thursdays are just too busy. So the live shows will generally be the, the third or fourth tuesday of the month moving forward for those of you who are listening on the replay so thanks so much kendra wish you a happy thanksgiving
1: happy thanksgiving to you thank you
0: thanks and for those listening on the replay thank you so much or watching the replay on facebook or youtube thank you for checking out making a marketer we have 25 other awesome episodes if you want to listen back The last live I did was with Stephanie Liu on live video. So um, that's that's a definite must listen. And then if you do catch us on iTunes, please rate and review us. I never ask for that, but it helps us get our stats. And so I need to get our numbers up so that we can see how awesome we are doing. So thanks again. And thank you everyone for listening. And we will catch you next time.